Yep, yep. <laughs> we don't even need James Earl Jones anymore. We can we can simulate that. And actually we can. So not only can we do that, but we can make it speak in the different, the style of different things, like Darth Vader in the style of a pirate. We can do that. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT. Hey folks, greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Spain, and nice to be with Tim Good Warren. Again. Good to see you. Thank you. Maybe you can remind listeners, it's been a little while since we've uh, had you on the NZ Tech Podcast, sort of where you fit into this big wide world of tech and startups in New Zealand. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the last time we spoke was February 2020, before everything went crazy. So uh, it's good to be back and feel slightly normal. So uh, what Ambit do is customer service at scale with digital employees, and most people know them as chatbots. But I think if, if the pandemic proved one thing, it would be that you can't always rely on people being able to be somewhere at some particular time. And so businesses increasingly are are looking to um, avail themselves of services like ours, which is quite exciting. So it's a it's a big growth time for us at the moment. Oh, that's really really pleasing. It's uh, it's always good to sort of tap in after a little bit of time with with startups and mm. uh, and see how things have progressed. So definitely looking forward to uh, you know to doing that later on in the show. Uh, we'll delve into some of the the tech news and so on first. Uh, but before we do that, uh, just want to say uh, or share our appreciation for. Our show partners who keep the NZ Tech podcast uh, going and, and on air. Uh, so big thank you to Vodafone, uh, Two Degrees, Spark, HP, Gorilla Technology, and Deal for their support uh, of the show and you know of the broader tech and innovation ecosystems here in New Zealand. Well, let's get into the uh, the news. Um, last week we were, we were talking uh, a little bit around the role of AI taking over. In, in this case, I think it was James Earl Jones, if I've mm. got his name right, uh, the voice of Darth Vader. Voice of Vader. And so uh, Vader sort of going AI. And then in the last few days, we've heard about Bruce Willis, and the, the, the news item was basically saying he had sold the rights mm. to his, his face, uh, his likeness, and he appeared, uh, you know, we were seeing online, a Russian ad being voiced by somebody else, but it appeared as though it was Bruce Willis. Now, you know, Bruce Willis's time and his life and, and wellness where, you know, his, his career, you know, appears to be over. Um, and so, you know, to a degree that sort of stacked up, right? If, you, you know, you're no longer able to act, voice, work, et cetera, and that's been, a, that's been an income stream for you. He's probably pretty happy, right? Right. Um, then would that yeah. work? Now, um, the the latest <coughs> thing I saw from, uh, and you know, and I, and I watched this, uh, you know, watched this video, which, um, yeah, it was sort of deep, you know, deep fake. So it was all, you know, computer, computer generated. Um, and the, the feedback that BBC were reporting was that his agent says, no, he hasn't actually sold the rights to his face. So, you know, who knows what's you know yeah. what's going on, and you know the, that ability to oh look, I need to get some publicity for my business. Uh, let's let's get whichever celebrity, uh, you know, fire up some some software, and we've got whoever mm. you know selling and promoting our brand. Now you know we see this. You you know I walked through the the mall. Um, uh, 
St. Luke's over the weekend. And as I'm walking through, I walk past a hairdresser. Right? Yeah, it's just a one-off hairdresser. They're not a big brand or anything. But in the window was sort of three pictures, mm. and one of them's a celebrity. And I'm wouldn't thinking, be Bruce Willis. It wasn't. It wasn't Bruce no, Willis. No, no, he, he no, doesn't have enough a, hair not, for not a hairdresser. Not quite enough on on top for a hairdresser, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, I don't know if you're promoting skull caps or uh, whatever, you know, I don't know. And we see those sort of, a lot of these sort of fake ads that come up as well that are, you know, take some celebrity and, and just slap their face on it. Mm. This stuff is, it's going to become like that, isn't it? We, I mean, we're actually going to have the videos as the technology, you know, improves and becomes more and more accessible. Yeah. And that could be exactly what's happened in this Bruce Willis case based on, uh, you know, based on the the feedback from from his agent quite possibly yeah, right it could and well be you, you're not going to be able to control it if someone runs up an ad and it and it you know especially if it's very very targeted mm. at an audience um, there's a whole sort of next level of what you can do with that we've already heard about the voice side of it being used in cyber security type scams you know mm. rather than an email from your CEO saying put this money into this account yeah uh, you got you got Tim Warren you know calling you and saying, oh, just you know, hey, 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 accountant, <laughs> you know, put this cash through. And, they don't uh, trust me with any passwords. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but, but that's right. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of areas where technology is going to get into that and, uh, and change it significantly. But mm. I think AI is just the latest kind of marketing term that people use. If you remember back about 20 years ago, there were these Coke ads and they brought back Frank Sinatra and a few other people. And they had current people dancing with, uh, with people from, uh, from the 50s. And uh, we've just got a new term for how it's done now. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the risk is probably the accessibility to people who are a bit more nefarious. So maybe people who have bad things in mind, um, or maybe just potentially profit, uh, where they're essentially, they're, it's really just copying brand, and that's been done for a long time. So mm-hmm. it's another version of copying brand, be it Bruce Willis or, um, or a fake Barbie doll. It's the same thing. Yep, yep. Yeah, I remember, you know, walking along the beach in uh, India. Goa, and there's a big, uh, you know, golden arches or something or other logo that's yeah. completely disconnected from, you know, there's not a, um, whatever the brand was, uh, you know, there was nothing to represent them other than the logo and, of course, attracted attention. And so yeah. there's so many different ways people, you know, would fake stuff. Um, the other one that had, had some media attention was uh, with Mandalorian and... Um, Deep fake technology being being used there in order to uh, bring back a young Luke Skywalker. Mm. Uh, and before the show, you were talking about <laughs> hey, for for how many you know forever we've kind of had had young people that you maybe want to you know cover them cover them over a period of time Give on them a, fake on a movie. wrinkles and yeah yeah. yeah. Um, so now it's just it's just winding it back, and I guess reverse. it's one thing to wind back. Uh, the look and skin, but if you can make someone shorter and, and like um, into a whole different age bracket, that's quite different. But I like to think of it from the positive side. Yeah, you, maybe you can pretend to be something, but these are digital actors, right? And uh, as we were mentioning, digital twins of a famous actor able to do things that um, that you wouldn't otherwise be able to achieve, which I think is positive. The question is, uh, do they actually need to be related to an underlying person or, or will they be entirely digital? With no actual human behind it, and that'll be a new that'll be a new world, and it's very close. Not just toy world stuff here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, the, we've you know we've had some elements of that, but will the big new star of twenty twenty three or twenty twenty five 
be a digital um, influencer, be someone who's not really someone in the yeah in the Could usual save some money in on the sponsors. usual sense, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a digital federer, you know. So <laughs> yeah, so look, I think we've got some fascinating times ahead, but we you know we do need to look at these other aspects and and how can you manage them appropriately or not. Mm. You know, some of these things, there's not going to be a level of control. And I was on a call with um, with Meta late last week, a sort of, you know, media call, and they're wanting to to share a little bit of sort of story on, um, you know, on the, the algorithms and the work they've been doing over the last sort of three years, the Christchurch call and so mm. on. You know, the, the stats they were sharing in terms of, yeah, some of the things that they've been trying to, you know, trying to address, we're encouraging in terms of the technology development, and they were able to stop some some of the worst stuff much much more effectively than what they were three years ago. Mm. But the reality still remains that you can't, you know, stop everything bad that goes on uh, well, online unregulated just as, use as you of, can't in the physical world, right? Yeah. It's like the unregulated use of technology will always proceed. The regulated use by definition, right? So you're always going to have people pushing the boundaries and sometimes those will be creative and positive. Sometimes, unfortunately, they'll be negative, you know, live streaming when it first came out. And remember, people have been trying to do this through digital means, through phones since the 90s. Um, unfortunately, everyone realised it was really now possible on a global scale through the worst of means. But uh, that we will always see uh, a challenge on that front. One of the things we could think about potentially is with the concept of NFTs where you can digitally sign certain technologies, perhaps that can be used in a good way to wrap a level of protection or privacy around certain technologies or digital images or otherwise known as fakes. You know, can we actually make them genuine, authentic? So I don't know the answer Pro- to that. Yeah, pro- prove. I guess there's, there's a level to which... A lot of times, you know, people aren't going to care or go to that sort of same level in the same way people get, they get an email from a, a you know, fake CEO or something, mm. right? It's like, oh, yep, that looks like an email from uh, from Tim Warren. Yeah. Oh, he's asked me to pay that into that account. Yep, I better go ahead and uh, do that without, you know, even hovering over the email address to, uh, to yeah. check, right? So there's a level of education. There can be those sort of levels where we can, we can guarantee to a degree some authenticity, but... Mm. How, how well all that stuff fits fits together, um, it, you know, will be quite fascinating. Actually, one of the one of the questions that I brought up with the team from Meta was around my brutal perspective on it: of how can somebody set up an account that's identical to yours, the the name's the same, mm. the image is the same, you know, and then they start inviting and adding all your friends. I was like, can you guys just do the basics, yeah. right? And and if this equals that, then throw a question mark. Yeah. yeah, and and that was what I threw out there. Now, what they came back with, actually, we closed down. It was you know some insane number right. of exactly that. But of course, we don't. You don't see the ones. No one cares about the thing that hasn't happened. That, that, yeah. that they've been successful blotting out. We only see the other ones that yeah. are like, how did this happen? Yeah. Um, so they might well be getting you know ninety nine point nine uh, percent but that you know there's this I guess this aspect to you know to your point of having some sort of verification method when and maybe this you know we 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 get to this on some platforms where someone comes up and there's actually then this verification hold on that looks like Bruce Willis and yeah, well, boom, this... boom, boom, and it you know gives a gives like a, a a tick like you get on you know on on social media platforms to say you know that proof that of identity and so on. The proof of identity wrapped up in a digital form. Um, 
while that can solve a lot of those issues like you're talking about, the, the issue is that um, on the other side you've got the privacy and people don't want centralised numbers. If you remember back to, um, half your audience won't remember the 90s, but, um, but we do, and there was talk around uh, centralising some ID to enable some digital services that were going to be coming. And there's big resistance because people said, oh, I don't want the hospital people knowing if I've got a driver's licence or whatever that might have been. Mm -hmm. I don't tend to worry about it because I'm not doing anything in either of those places that might be a problem. Uh, but as you move towards a digital identity, uh, it can solve that while giving away some control to a centralised agency potentially. And that's what this decentralisation is working in the opposite direction. Yeah. And um, there's a big move at the moment to move from this proof of work to proof of stake or proof of authenticity. And when you can combine that with some kind of um, some kind of identity, it's moving in the right direction. Uh, you will have seen yesterday a discussion around New Zealand driver's licence moving digitally. Well, I just went to the SASTA conference. We'll talk about yeah. that later. Yeah. When yeah. I arrived at uh, ECFO Airport, I had the longest wait I've ever had, and that's saying something at ECFO was over two hours. Oh. And the pr when I went in 2019, I was able to use my digital passport and uh, I, I went through in record time, the shortest time, 15 minutes in the queue. This time it's all back to manual. Only US citizens get to use it. Well, they've bought out a, an upgraded digital passport and the rest of the world don't have They've got an app-based one, an app -based one as an option, don't they? Yeah, but it just shows yeah. it is yeah. going to go that way. And even though the US is seen as being a bit conservative on some of those technologies, I mean, it took them 15 years to pick up text, for goodness sake, uh, SMS, so, uh, but they've they've gone and they've said, "Hey, rest of the world, you got to catch up to us." So we we need to do it, yeah. but we need to do it safely. Yeah, yeah. Ah, it's uh, it's fun how quickly these things evolve at times, and then you know how in other areas they can be so slow. Mm. Um, now another change that's coming: Vodafone New Zealand yep. uh, have told us they are becoming one New Zealand early twenty twenty three. Yeah, I'm a long term user here, Paul. Long term yep, user. Yep. Yep. What do you, you know? What do you think that means for for you as a customer? Because they've mm. you know, they've said, look, what this allows us to do is to stop throwing a whole lot of money at brand Vodafone for mm. you know for licensing their brand effectively, and you know I guess that money sort of comes back into the local market can be spent elsewhere. Now I don't think I saw a figure on their you know on their press release and the info around. What that was costing. The licensing. I, I saw know. it. I've forgotten the number now, yeah. but it was mind-boggling at yeah. the time. So, uh, I th and yeah. they may have built it in with some other numbers rather than there being an exact breakdown on just the brand piece, because they are still keeping that yep. global, you know, connection with Vodafone. And that, group. that's why I'm different with them, right? Because they um, offer the yeah. such a great service there. But what have they done? Look, I mean, everyone's a brand expert um, at the moment, aren't they? And uh, there's another big telco that's rebranded, and I happen to remember that um, Jason Paris, um, who's now CEO of Vodafone, becoming one NZ, he had something to do with that as well. Right? So, yeah, when he was at um, Spark, you're right. I've got yeah. no no doubt that they will execute uh, very well, but it's an enormous job. I've I've rebranded a hundred person company, and, and that was surprisingly large. But when you're doing something that's thirty times larger, um, extraordinary. But uh, no, look, I think they'll do a great job. One thing I would say, uh, Jason and the exec team there such great supporters of Tadeo um, in, across their network. Maybe a lost opportunity to delve into that. They could potentially be Tahi or something similar. Um, I would worry a little bit with the brand um, uh, overlap with, you know, this, you've, got two, you've got zero, you've got two degrees, you've got one 
news. You've got now you've got one NZ. Um, at the moment, at the outset, there's going to be a bit of confusion. I think we'll forget about it in a while. They're different properties. Um, I think they'll execute this, and a year from now we'll be like, what rebrand? Yeah. But yeah, nice, nice to have some green. What I know is that uh, is that green and and our color orange work much better together than the red they used to have. So oh, there you go. I applaud them for that choice. <laughs> and I think that uh, I think that uh, the shirt they had with the the um, rolling into the kiwi, you know, was was yeah. a piece of brilliance. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm uh, you know always fascinated with things that the brands do to represent themselves and logos and. Yeah, how mm. how companies are are named. Um, I love yeah, it. I think it's a really uh, fascinating area, yeah. but simplicity is the ultimate form of uh, sophistication, right? And to have something so simple like a logo and a name, you do go through a lot of options to get there. And I bet they've done their homework and it'll research well and perform well. Yeah, and these days there's a lot of sort of technological pieces to the mix when uh, you know getting involved in, uh, in in brand stuff, and I know. You know, they they uh, they were immediately jumped on uh, with the crossover with this one NZ um, foundation, I think it was, and uh, oh, look, and, and, and so on. Yeah. It, like you've got to, you've got to do a lot of googling. You've got to do a lot of research. Yeah. You've got to make sure you can get your domain name. There's so many aspects, and sometimes they're yeah. done really poorly. Even you know, even by I'm sure uh, they those saw with that. a lot of a lot of specialist sort yeah. of skills. But um, you know, I think I think or you know already. Um, just their Scott size and scale, and the presence that they have, mm. um, yeah, they they will totally they'll totally own that. Um, you know, I don't I don't I, think it's going to be uh, too much of an issue for them to uh, to yeah. land at the top of uh, Google searches and the. No, and in, the in fact, I, I really I read something uh, yesterday. Um, some prominent reviewer whose name I've immediately forgotten said, "Good on them for taking a word back and making it." useful because we don't need to know about those fringe groups and um, they're going to get lost in the search results like you say so I'd uh, I'm sure they'll execute that very well yeah yep now one interesting um, story that I picked up was actually in the South China morning uh, morning post was around the, the headline read Chinese tech firms may follow DJI to cut Russia and Ukraine exposure uh, to minimize political sanctions risk. And uh, there were a couple of bits uh, under this, how DJI had temporarily suspended their operations in um, both Russia and Ukraine because they were being accused of you know, their products being used for, for military activities. And if you've got a situation going on like we do have now and you make drones that can be used anywhere and there are needs to defend a nation, you can understand why... You know, Ukrainians would be using whatever they can get their hands on, consumer or, or or otherwise, in terms of uh, in terms of technology. Interesting that we do still have some brands that are that are operating in uh, in Russia and not mm. haven't made any sort of announcements to exit when there have been so many really big names that have just completely exited from you know all sorts of all sorts of directions or as much as they they can. You know, within reason, from the big big tech players, well, you know, through to your McDonald's's and yeah, uh, it's fascinating, and, and so isn't on. it? We've moved on from that '90s when it was very much U.S. hegemony, collapse the Soviet Union, China was playing, want to play ball because of trade, 
And then for a while, uh, it looked like a repolarization back to kind of a Cold War kind of status. But I think you've seen some cracks occurring between China and Russia there. And even though they're both technologically, they've got some, some got some very good um, people, very smart people, and some great companies there. China's worked out maybe that uh, with uh, Russia not executing all that well in this so-called special operation. Um, do they want to become part of a bipolar world where they're lumped in with Russia or do they want to keep the trade routes open? And, mm. and um, they'll have to make a decision pretty quickly, um, I would imagine. Um, and trade usually wins out over the long term. I mean, it was it was a coal agreement that was put in place to stop France and Germany fighting originally. That became the EU. Um, but no, it's, it's something... You, you mentioned a fascinating stat around... Uh, the level of um, penetration that DJI has got around that. What, what was the yeah, number you said? Yeah, so they quoted, they said, previous sanctions by the US government had seen DJI's market share, and I'm picking this as in the US, not global, mm. uh, fall from 80% of the of the drone market. I actually mm. thought they were higher than that, closer to 90. But this is just from maybe, you know, in the last couple of years, mm. uh, to 54%. And DJI have just been... You know, I've just been so dominant. Well, it's the, the only brand the, you actually know market, of drones, right? isn't it? You know, yeah. we we have talked about one, you know, one or two other brands, and there are some niche ones and certain sort of, you know, commercial, industrial, and so on yeah. bases. Aeronavics, uh, you know, one of the one of the drone business or startups sort of here here in New Zealand. Um, but that was complete news to mm. me, and so um, yeah, we we kind of um, don't quite realise sometimes the impact of, of, of these things because that will be really fascinating to look at and say another five or ten years' time, you know, ha- what happened to DJI? Like, I mean, if, and I'm, yeah, not will they do will a Nokia? Get, I'm not saying will it get to that point, but, you know, if we look at Huawei today, mm. um, like, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of a shadow of the, their former selves, certainly in terms of, uh, you know their role within New Zealand telecommunications. Mm. They've, you know, they've they've got some quite cool smartwatches. I mean, looking at some of their new smartwatches recently that they're somehow managing to, you know, produce and the old tablet. And I think they're, you know, getting into more laptops. Um, but in terms of what we knew, you know, Huawei for in terms of their smartphones and you know routers and you know running mobile networks in in New Zealand, mm. um, you know, it's it's all but all but disappeared. So. Could we be in the same boat where uh, DJI is sort of, uh, you know, massively uh, displaced over the, you know, over the next, uh, you know, few years? Well, I mean, it looks like could, already it's quite a big impact. Could well be, but what I mean, most people buy a drone thinking it's going to last for a good while. But if you're a Ukrainian buying a drone, that's a disposable item, right? So it completely changes the actual economy of what people are doing with drones. I'd imagine there will be a uh, an enormous market for secondary players, but um, where is it? Go- where is it going to come from? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. Yeah, um, I did notice that, um, and I, th- I think we've probably mentioned this before. Skydio, um, very, very, um, you know, innovative uh, drone technologies with with an ability to, you know, I guess do autonomous flight with really good mm. sensing or whether they can hit trees and 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 different things. They've been competing with DJI in the US for a number of years, but they were at a point where you could you could order one, but your chance of actually getting one because they were they were hand making, right. you know, thousand a month or whatever it was initially. 
um, you know, meant virtually nobody could get their hands on them. Um, but they're actually they've been available in New Zealand now for. Uh, there's been about a year since they announced sort of Australia and New Zealand availability because that was purely a US only yeah, right. um, product. So um, that is one of the brands that could well, you know, could well come through and take, uh, you know, take up a, a, a slice of that uh, that market. So I probably need to have a word to them and uh, encourage them to uh, fly one of their drones over in this direction. Yeah. so you can have a little you bit. Maybe of a, have a bit little, of a studio. A little test. bit of a look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember busting a drone on one of our very early episodes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, parrot French company, yeah, and um, yeah, it was the first time I played with a drone. So, oh, we better catch this thing! But the way it was built, actually, you didn't want to be catching it by its kind of wings, as it were. I gotta uh, say, I always, I always imagined drones like those little tabletop DJI things. But yeah, yeah. I saw one uh, a couple of months ago, a, um, a, a full like 4K IMAX level. Um, quality one, and this thing, if this hit you, it was going to be game over. This is like, <laughs> this is a 50 kilogram monster, huge, uh, huge camera, uh, very, very powerful motors on it. It was quite, quite scary actually. Well, yeah, think yeah. of what happens if a helico- helicopter blade sort of thing, yeah. uh, you get a drone yeah. coming at you with its uh, blades that, uh, that might not be too safe, huh? With, uh, with five pounds of, of C4, it's going to be scary if you throw it at a tank. Yeah, or at your uh, new studio. So be careful of that <laughs> yeah, one, Paul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now we can't bypass talking about um, Tesla and Elon mm. uh, this week. And I know there's always, you know, there's always something in in the news uh, to do with Elon. Yeah. Um, so it is an it is another one of those um, another one of those weeks. But yeah, there has been there's been sort of this big lead up to um, to Tesla's AI day. Mm. And there, I guess there's sort of been a you know a few perspectives depending on where you're coming from, you know I I'm interested to see well, is my car finally going to be able to sort of you know drive itself around Auckland City and so on yeah. right, um, and there what the comment was that this um, you know FSD beta that they've had in the states for mm. for some time. Um, should be able to, or sort of along those lines of, yep, it'll be ready to roll out internationally to markets where it's, you know, legisl- where it fits in with the legislation and, and mm. local uh, legal frameworks. So maybe there'll be a few, you know, folks getting driven around um, Auckland by the end of the year. If I had to place bets on it, I would say no, that's very unlikely. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, so Especially just, when just you've got that out there. Was it Germany? I think the German regulator said you can't call it autopilot because it's not auto and it's not a pilot. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Look, Elon's excellent at generating PR and he's one of those people that subscribes. I can't remember, it might have been Mark Twain who said the only thing worse than people talking about you is when people don't talk about you. Yeah. Um, and Elon's great at that. He's um, he's always got a way. He was going to buy his favourite social network, um, Twitter, wasn't he? And then he changed his mind on that. He's got a he's got a big back pocket for um, changing his mind. But, you know, he's, he's brought out a few things. I remember seeing the hot swap battery that was announced and, you know, they, they fawn over people at these US technology yeah. launches. It's gone nowhere. But he generated a lot of attention for a while, just enough so he could launch that Model X and, yeah. Sell a few yeah. hundred thousand. So, yeah. Look, um, and and we we did know before the event that it was designed to be a recruiting event, right? Yeah. He, he's probably looking for some of the same people that you're you're yeah. looking for. Yeah, he's welcome um, to give me a call. You know, tal- he's got my Twitter handle. Tal- talented engineers. So, <laughs> so the, but there was that there this. was there was that 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 yeah. aspect here of is this an event that's going to you know show us 
off some you know really interesting sort of useful stuff, or is it all there for recruiting? And and look, I think it, as usual, as you say, he he's got the attention and and got some uh, some yeah. some you know some press off it. He's got that that attention. The, um, the robot now. Yeah. What's what's your <laughs> I've got take a view on, on this, that. this robot? That so this robot apparently they've thrown it together in a you know like this year, right? The idea of this robot is it can drive my regular car and pick me up from the bar. I reckon the robot's <laughs> already been to the bar from the way from the way it walks, right? <laughs> there you go. That, that yeah. thing is is, is strung together. Well, and one it, of them doesn't even walk, right? The other no. one had to be sort of you know put, put pushed out there on a. The, uh, the word is backstage yeah. though. Like, will it fall over? But look, um, Elon broke a window on his unbreakable car in front of people, and now the car's disappeared off the website. Look, he's just having a laugh. He really is. Um, He, um, he, you know, I've seen better things 10 years ago from from high school students, um, and I don't want that thing driving me anywhere, but watch the rate of change, right? It's not so much important about where it is today, but let's look at where it is in six months. Um, If you know know those dogs that walk around, they look – um, surprisingly evil when they open doors and walk up steps. Um, they, well, yeah, the Boston Dynamics, the Boston cat is Dynamics. certainly going to going to freak you out, give you a few yeah. uh, a few nightmares so if you uh, now their humanoid those robots. Those ones are very impressive. Have you seen that guy who's really mean to his one? It makes me quite sad. Actually, Where he pu- pushes it. He and pushes it, it over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and <laughs> um, it, everyone's like, "Oh, you can't do that." Shows you how much we anthropomorphize things, right? Yeah, but um, yeah. but those really impress me. Um, Elon could do that. He's just having a, he's just having some fun. He, he's he you know he's got a few weeks until he gets a, a he settles the Twitter lawsuit. So got to fill the gap. <laughs> yeah, look, I you know it is very um, um, challenging space to get into, and his approach of look, we're not looking to make a small number of these. We want to do we want to do millions and millions of them. Yeah. Um, is a little bit like where they were with with the electric vehicles, right? They started out with. Oh, he spent nine you know, years, was it, telling um, us it was just around the corner, and <laughs> everyone was like, "Oh, it's going to go bust." And then he's the highest valued automaker in the world. Doesn't make the most cars, but people attribute the highest value to it. So watch the space. He's he's clearly brilliant. I don't know if I'd want him to be uh, my neighbour, or certainly not my um, uh, in my family. But um, you know, I've. One of the people on our team just got one of his cars, and he seems to like it. Yep, yep. I definitely yeah think that they're onto onto something on the on the vehicle side, uh, and and they're, they're leading sort of a you know change across that whole whole sector. Yeah, um, good on it. How, and it needs how, to how that will how that will play out will be, you know, I think that the next few years will be, you know, somewhat anyone's guess in terms of exactly. Who the automakers are that sort of make it make it through intact and well, um, if you know if we put aside any and you, and you can't really do this, but any geopolitical sort of issues, um, then you would imagine that you know the the Chinese companies like BYD that have that have just launched here, build your dreams, yeah, um, and and Tesla, well, you know, between the the Chinese brands and. Uh, Tesla, you will, you know, you're going to see a, a very big, uh, you know, share of the the market, uh, you know, in the years ahead as things move electric. Um, but in terms of robotics, is I mean, is there anyone else who's, you know, at least sort of waving a flag, well, saying, you know, we, we're going to have these things accessible? Sub twenty thousand dollar US is a story. Not sure I'm believing any, any <laughs> of that. 
I'm not sure whether they would ever ever get to the... Well, they could be like BMW where they're going to charge for heated seats. They're just a subscription <laughs> model. So I think I'll just um, go for a few months of cold seats. But, um, yeah. no, look, it's, there's, there's a lot of change on that front. Um, I'll tell you what, I, I do think we've mentioned Apple. It's hard to talk technology without talking Apple. It's the greatest technology marriage that never happened was Apple buying Tesla. Because yeah. uh, you could imagine uh, it should have happened many times. Um, they've got similar values um, and he looks like a logical person to be, uh, you know, he, he's he's a kind of a next gen Steve Jobs two point, you know, two point version. So, uh, but anyway, I think he's got a lot of choice there. I don't know as long as he doesn't blow himself up on the way to Mars or something like that. Yeah, look, and and there's there does seem to be such a close tie on, tie in between his businesses and himself. Mm. You know, yeah, is it personality? What, what if he gets run over by a Tesla? Well, do you make a digital or, twin, or, right? Or blah, blah, yeah, digital. How, twin. how do you even know that it's it's really <laughs> that, Elon? That, maybe that he's still maybe around. he um yeah he lost that bet um <laughs> with the mobsters who funded the business in the first place. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, note to viewers: I'm not suggesting there was any um, involvement with mobsters there, but um, yeah. Now onto a couple of other things um, mm. before we jump on to delve into Ambit. Google Stadia, their um, mm. cloud-based sort of game streaming service, and you know, it's, it's, you know, um, not just them in in the space. Microsoft have been uh, you know been working pretty hard there, of course, um, but just in some ways, sort of a surprise that Google are closing down uh, Stadia as a service. In some ways, a surprise. In some ways, not. I guess the surprise is more, you know, going back to Google announcing what they were doing, mm. how common Google Chromecast and varying other bits and pieces are within the technology that we use, and that they actually haven't been able to pull it off and win enough market share to uh, to to make it work. And yeah. it's a sort of a reminder, I suppose, that yeah, you know, a brand can be really good in one field, but doesn't necessarily mean they no. can wander into another and uh, and and dominate even when they're a you know trillion dollar odd firm with they very are. deep pockets, right? And yet they're still they are Web 1.0. I mean they they're one of they're they're kind of the original Web 1.0 massive successes, and I think you could probably see it in a couple of ways. Either they've tried really hard and they've they've failed, but got on them for giving it a go. Or alternatively, maybe they did it as a defensive play just in case they saw some other aspect of industry moving there. Mm. Maybe that's played out now and it's not going to happen and they can shut it down. So Google does have a record of doing de- defensive purchases where they can see a risk, much as uh, Adobe bought Figma to make sure that they didn't lose market share there. Maybe Google saw something on the horizon. You know, you spend um, you know a lot of money on it to make sure it doesn't happen and then you move on. So there's... Mm. Plenty of, we'll get the conspiracy theorists out, plenty of squashed innovation happening around and uh, it could be on that. I I don't know particularly, but considering how massive gaming is essentially, uh, I heard someone say the other day uh, to young people, metaverse doesn't exist, it's just gaming. And uh, as you see things moving in that direction, I can see that, um, you know, you'd want to have a service like that. I would have kept it, but I don't have the numbers. Mm. Now, uh, looking at, at uh, Amazon, they've had their, um, what they call their fall hardware event. It mm. still upsets me when these big global companies haven't learnt yet that, uh, you know, you can use a month and it's relevant to, you know, the whole world, but, 
you know, attaching uh, a season, which yeah. actually only is going to relate to, you Four. know, one one hemisphere <laughs> and not and not even all of it. You know, bearing in mind not not every country has uh, has has the four seasons. No. So, I guess Amazon will will eventually figure it out, and the world's not flat Avoid and all that being sort of stuff, kind right? Of northern centric, uh, yeah. <laughs> But they had their event. Um, I guess a couple of bits that stood out to me: this Kindle Scribe. So, mm-hmm. you know, after years of e-paper, e-ink type uh, tech for for reading books, uh, now we've got a device uh, coming. Uh, haven't seen a New Zealand price. I'm picking sort of in the um, five to uh, six hundred dollar range. Is where you know roughly where that's gonna gonna land. Ten point two inch screen. So and a mag- magnetic with, stylus, so com- competing with, with, the with, remarkable. The other, with the other players is yeah. remarkable, and uh, Kobo, and I think you know I think there's probably you know three other um, you know players in that space. You know, um, so, remarkable, um, probably the most the most well known. Amazing um, how one. late they were to this. I mean, they invented the space, and then their only innovation was taking away the keyboard, which was useful because you had to put your Wi-Fi password in. That's yeah. what I used it for. <laughs> And then they let Remarkable build a uh, very impressive ecosystem uh, and get onto Vision 2. And then I would have bought them but because they've got a bit of cash. So And then they come out with this. So, I don't know, it seems to be a little bit late, maybe a little bit like their phone, but better to try it and fail uh, because usually they try it and it works. So Yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, Re- Remarkable seems to be sort of on a slow, slow Burn with their, you know, their product. It's mm. sort of, it's improved. Their price um, points extraordinarily it's, high. It's n- yeah, it's not. And even for those folks that have have maybe bought into the technology, they don't always, you know, always stay with it. It's not something that seems to be, no. you know, universally liked. Um, but sort of back onto uh, back onto Amazon. So yeah, Kindle Scribe, the Echo Dots. One thing that I picked up there that was quite interesting because you know, they've they've acquired a lot of brands over the years, and within that devices era that where they're making announcements, they've got mm. um, Eero that does the Wi-Fi, double uh, Eero, and they've got Ring. Now on the Eero side, where you know you you have your sort of mesh Wi-Fi, they've made I think what is a a very convenient sort of update. Uh, with the newer Echo Dots, and I think this will even roll out software-wise to um, to existing Echo Dots, um, because those units have got wireless access, and right. then actually the radio can be you know can be used two ways. So they're using so, it as a mesh. Yeah, right. so they're they're um, you know software update and convert your uh, you know your very cheap little uh, you know Echo Dot device, which mm. you know at times you can buy for you know. $30 or I something, thought something right? I saw $30 yesterday, yeah, which is yeah. the lowest price point, um, and clearly heavily subsidised. But do you think they're losing the smart speaker war, though? Well, the, the stats they gave me, I you know, caught up with them uh, a few months ago, was suggesting that in the New Zealand market, you know, they had beaten Google to the punt in terms of launching mm. in, the, in the market here and, you know, a level of personalisation that sort of goes with that, that they were in the front position, but it does seem to vary in sort of different, you know, markets around the world. And, yeah, how that plays out, I know, you know, some people I know were just like, ah, they've already been destroyed, you know, Google completely sort of own it. 
Um, I guess it's little moves like this that can, you know, that can you actually, test markets, right? That can help them. And if you're a if you're a trillion dollar company, you can test markets with with a billion dollars, right? So that can be a big play. But yeah. you know, I've, I'm in this space, right? Conversational AI. Yeah. I've got all of them. Yeah. I've got Siri. I've got Google. I've got Alexa, and I let them fight it out. And um, uh, but there's a single reason why Google rises to the top because it just works. It just works with everything. Alexa can be really good. Um, Siri's excellent for device control for my phone, mm. but Google talks to absolutely everything. Um, it's free. It's the well, I don't mean free, but you know, it's it's open stack in terms of connecting everything to it. Mm. Every device I get, it does, it's Google and maybe something, but it's, yeah, it's okay. Google. Uh, so I've got yeah, maybe north of a hundred devices in my house, and there's you know, Google can talk to them all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, I've tended to find most most stuff will will work with both, but yeah, there are some there are some things that uh, you know both um, you know Google and um, and 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 Echo, and of course things are yeah they're opening up, and we're we're seeing that sort of compatibility across um, more things and um, a bit of advancement uh, there. Hopefully, everything kind of. It talks to everything, yeah. you know, very consistently going forward, but still, still a few challenges with with some products. Um, now, lastly, I just I'd seen the headlines: uh, Apple slowing down on um, iPhone 14 production mm. uh, due to a, uh, a a lack of uh, a lack of demand. Um, you you know, double the price of your phone every time you put it out. Um, well, what they said. Tim Cook's listening. Well, they <laughs> said they kept the prices the same, right? Which is fine if you're in the US, but these were the problems I had. Was every other country, mm. and I might be, you know, I haven't gone through and surveyed them all, but certainly the US dollar versus New Zealand, Australian, UK pound, uh, pretty sure the euro oh, and yeah. uh, Asian, Asian currencies. We've all weakened against the yeah. the US dollar, so you're 100 percent right. Realistically, mm. actually, the prices have gone up in some cases quite dramatically. And then we've got last year's chip in the in the iPhone 14, and I think that was always going to be a hard thing to time. If you're deciding to separate and to create a much clearer delineation between your you know your base product, mm. as it were, or your standard product. And a higher end one, um, how you time that can make quite a difference. And by dropping out the iPhone 14 with last year's chip and 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 trying to create this thing, where basically if you and a lot of people will buy an iPhone because mm. there's a little bit of status with it, right? Mm. Well, there's maybe not so much status if you don't have the the pro the model one, now, yeah. and they've kind of well, everyone you know, delineated now. that a little bit more. You've right? got this. Oh, have you got have you got the three cameras on the back, or is it the two camera model? And everyone's judging you. So um, when they bought this phone out, um, this is the thirteen, and they did that enormous jump with the price. I thought that's absolutely ridiculous. And then I bought one, and it's the best phone I've ever had. So that's the flip you, side, isn't it? That's the thing. It is it is sensational. The other thing is, it's um, I've got a very tough case on it, which is just as well, but it's going to last. Whereas people who bought uh, the other brand of phone around about that time, those phones have already got those dreaded pink lines. Um, they're looking to replace them already. And, you know, once you go Apple, <laughs> it's pretty hard. But like we were talking about DJI, if they're selling 80% or now 50% of the drones in the world and Apple's selling, you know, uh, a good percentage and they're able to make a margin, 
good on them if they make a great tool that lasts three years. Mm. Uh, you don't buy you don't buy an iPhone every generation. Mm. Um, the one that I bought was is excellent. It's going to last another couple of years. So you know, yep. I have no doubt that Apple is going to execute really well. Uh, when they talk about demand slowing, maybe there's a billion less or something. But the little product they forgot about Apple TV is a, a billion dollar business for them. So and there's no marketing for that. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Now I want to delve into into Ambit. So keen to get a bit of an update. It's been a little while since we've you know chatted around Ambit. Yeah. Um, some folks won't won't be familiar with with you at all. So yeah, fill it fill us in. What what's Ambit doing? And what what are the last couple of years? You know, what, have you, like. been, what have you gone through? Because it's been a it's been a crazy and a tough time for everybody in one way or another. And for startups and businesses, actually just just still being around as as yeah. a as a success story in itself, right? Yeah, how's it how's it look? Yeah, so good. For those that don't know what we do, we uh, we have a platform on which you can create chatbots, and people will have heard of chatbots, right? It's the thing that sits at the bottom corner of your screen, and then you click on it and you ask it a few questions. And and most people who've used them, uh, the first one they might have used was probably Oscar from Air New Zealand, and they had a really good shot early on. In fact, I think they launched it 2016, 2017, very early in the ideas of uh, creating chat to do customer service and uh, to give them some credit. It was brave, and I think they've served a lot of people. I, well, I use it quite a lot now. So things have evolved through that time. We, we launched in 2017, uh, but we're 22 people now. So we've grown over that five years, a bit over five years. And we work with brands like Vector and Tower. We work with Noel Leeming. And we've just signed Torpedo 7, another great New Zealand brand. Oh, and by the warehouse group. Thank yeah. you. And, uh, and what, so what do we do for them? So we answer those really common questions, you know, like where is my parcel? Or when's my power coming back on? Or, hey, I've, I've chipped my windscreen, can I get that replaced in the case of, of Tower? And what we do is we ensure that there's no wait time. You can get through a, a conversation very efficiently. You don't have to wait to talk to a person. There's no, uh, there's no on-hold music. Get straight through. Now, you, we deal with those high-volume questions. If you've got really something really sophisticated, we put you through to a person still, through the same platform. Yeah, yeah which, which is yeah. good. But actually, the, the youth case you're, you're talking about, Relevant to me on the weekend, I called, uh, in my case, it was AA Insurance, yep. and there was a smashed windscreen on a, on a vehicle, yep. leave it parked on the street, great. Yeah. Anyway, ah, oh, well, it's the weekend, Paul, and this and that and so on. Oh, yeah, we'll get someone to call you back in a couple of days. Yeah, which is not really good enough because... And so what, 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 does, what does the alternative sort of, you know, look like yeah. with, um, That's a you great, know, with, with, with a chatbot? That's a great example, right? So the experience, if you are with one of, one of the lucky tower customers, is that you go to the website, you open our chatbot, which is called Charlie, and you say, hey, I've cracked my windscreen, and it says... Should we book that directly into Novus Glass for you? You say okay, and it will give you a date, time, and an option to change it, and you're done. And it's probably going to take three minutes. And you could literally do it in the car, not while you're driving, of course, Paul. You wouldn't do that, but when you've stopped, I, 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 autonomous vehicle, <laughs> autonomous uh, vehicle, maybe. Yeah, yeah, if you've got that autopilot <laughs> rock and rolling, then maybe you could do that. But that—that's the experience. And so, what we generally found is that a thirty-minute experience going through those typical discussions. Uh, becomes a three-minute experience. So the, the agent isn't required. But the agent isn't eliminated. What's what's happened there is the agent is available to someone who's got a really complex inquiry. Yeah. 
right? So maybe the, you know there's been a couple of areas in New Zealand where there's been some flooding, and when there's flooding, you know, flood damage and who's responsible for what? That might be a conversation with an insurance um, agent or even an assessor mm. to help you work that out. Mm. So we we deal with the high volume, but we've still got a human when it counts. And in fact, you get to talk to a human earlier because they're not on the on the phone answering questions like. Um, you know, how do I change my password? Or yeah, I need yeah. to update my address. That's great. When you do need to speak yeah. to somebody, you want to get through as uh, as quick as you can. Yeah. Um, now, as what you're doing, you know, where does it play with voice? Because you talk yeah. about chatbots and so on, and we've had these sort of IVR phone systems yeah. and, you know, menus we've gone through and so on, and there have been varying sort of elements of, of voice and so on. You know, where are you playing with you know, with that voice side and also um, the video type. Uh, yeah, the avatars you know, and the like. Yeah, virtual, Absolutely. virtual so humans conversation, and so if you think of it, conversation is the brain of all of those things. And IVRs, some people have enjoyed it. I've always had good experiences. Some people have found it a little bit harder if they've got a different accent or something. But fundamentally, something has to power that. That's us. That's the conversation. So we can plug... Uh, any kind of voice stack on top of it. It could be Google, it could be AWS, we work with them, it could be IBM, Microsoft, anyone. Any one of the big players has got the voice. The speaking, Can you bring Darth Vader in as the we voice? We can indeed, yep, yep. <laughs> we don't even need James Earl Jones anymore. We can, we can simulate that. And actually we can. So not only can we do that, but we can make it speak in the, different, the style of different things, like Darth Vader in the style of a pirate. We can do that. <laughs> uh, don't know if that's useful, but it's the kind of thing people ask their Echo Dot, isn't it? From there, yes, we can empower conversations. So will people, people say, can, you, can I call your system? Yes. We can give it a phone number today and people can call, but it's actually a different problem. The question is, what are we doing then? You still need real phone lines. People are moving away from that to get into WhatsApp. They're moving into Messenger. Can we take digital calls? Yes, we can take those as well. So we don't solve the voice-to-text problem. We solve the text-to-understanding problem. Now, you, get, you ask about avatars. So there's a couple of great New Zealand companies and quite a few companies overseas. We have this concept of a digital person or a digital human. Yes, so we can power that as well. In fact, we work with uh, Unique with Nola Leeming. And if you go into yeah, their flagship yeah. store in Newmarket, you can yeah. see Nola, yeah. who can talk to you. And that's our brain, and it's the, um, it's the, the face and the actions uh, from the New Zealand company Unique. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. I've you know found with that sort of technology, it's still on a journey, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's, it's not the same as having a, a person there just in the same way that what, what Elon showed off over the weekend is, uh, you know, there's, there's still a, a journey before it's like, you know, yeah. you can throw absolutely anything at it. But to your mm. point of those, you know, those key things, somebody comes up and, hey, what hours are you open or what area are the washing machines in or you know, what have you, right, if it can mm. if it can do that. And it's kind of cool for a company like Noel Leeming yeah. that does sort of techie-type stuff That's right. to walk in and to have this digital human face there mm. wanting to interact with That's you. That's right, or, or, and you get you more know. from it than just the directions on where to go by a, a, an iPhone, right? You go there, you have a bit of a discussion with it, you talk with one of the, uh, one of the people who walks up, mm. you get great engagement, and then they can take you around the store and we haven't got the numbers so much. We know the return on investment that you can generate with these kind of systems. But the fact is you generate interest in a technology company. And, and Noel Leeming wants to be, and I, I think it is, really a, a leader in that technology space. They, they supply a very large amount of that high-tech equipment. You know, my phone, my laptop, just about everything uh, came from Noel Leeming. 
and uh, it's good to support them, but it's been that engaging process that we've been able to have. So yes, we can power those. We're mentioning it actually into car and automation. The car um, car companies themselves, BMW and Mercedes, big investors in the space, they mm. can see there's a lot happening. Sometimes it's the visual side, sometimes it's the it's the, the text and verbal side, sometimes it's the actual conversation. But lots happening in the space when you've got those companies who are realising they're not just car companies, they're automotive or their motion and transport technology companies. There's lots of ways you can achieve that. Cool. And you've just been at uh, SASTA, which is the big annual event. I'm not sure what's happened over the last uh, mm. last couple of years with um, SASTA, but uh, a lot of New Zealand and Australian um, software as a service folks representing those those firms uh, down under at, uh, at SASTA. Any sort of particular... Highlights from, yeah. uh, from this year? Oh, look, the highlights for me are just about everything I end up doing is all about the people. Yeah. So uh, one of the great things was that uh, because things are kind of recovering from the, you know, the spicy flu that we've had for the last couple of years, uh, there wasn't much centralised organisation. So it really was just a, a handful of Kiwis and Aussies started talking. Before you knew it, we had about 100 people on a WhatsApp list mm. um, and we're all sending messages we ended up getting a bit of sponsorship and um, ASX and AWS came to the party and and the New Zealand and Australian Trade Commissions um, all got part of it. And we brought together about 100 or 120 people the night before the conference. So that for me was a real highlight. Then we wore some similar clothing, which made sure that we were recognisable and, and had this response everywhere we went. Oh, there's so many Kiwis and Aussies here. And if there's one thing I love about what's happened over this, this last couple of pandemic years... I think this negativity between New Zealand and Australia has really evaporated, and I think that's a wonderful thing. I've always been very positive about two countries that are not physically but socially and culturally very, very close, and it was just that we were one big positive family while we were over there. And some of the best business we did was actually between the companies themselves, so that was fabulous. Now, then the other learnings from the conference... One thing for listeners to note, it's not a sales conference. You don't go there and sell your X, Y, Z. I mean, you could, but the, really the main thing is you go to learn and get inspiration. It's founder heavy, so yes. lots of founders of companies. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. founder of MailChimp, who sold his company for $12 billion with <laughs> no funding, was there. The, two, the founders of HubSpot, one of the, you know, the biggest yeah. successes uh, in the SaaS world recently, were there, and many, many others, right? Yeah. In fact, the person who runs SASTA, Jason Lempkin, he started EcoSign, sold to Adobe for $400 million. These are impressive numbers, mm. incredibly inspiring, and that's what took me there. So mm. lots of great people. But for the first time in that kind of environment, everyone was talking about efficiency. If you raise money, it's going to be less at a lower valuation, and you've got to do more with it. So uh, as we were talking about before the show, uh, you're not going to get that $10,000 employee welcome pack uh, with all the goodies and the you know the unlimited Uber Eats for a year, um, it's going to slim down to um, slim down to a, a you know a t-shirt or two, yeah. and so people are talking capital efficiency, and this is where I think New Zealand and Australian firms have got an opportunity because we've always run like that because investors here are really really tough. I'm I'm five years in um, to this, and we're still running on a pretty lean budget. Yeah, uh, yeah. right. So uh, investors keep us definitely on our efficiency toes. So we're used to this. New Zealanders are very good at running companies like this, and you see, you yeah. know, various people. You know, we've had some very senior people in 
in General Motors, in Microsoft, in, um, in Facebook, etc. Uh, we're good at being very practical and, and stretching a lot of money out of a very few dollars. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was kind of recognition that we're doing, we're doing well. Yeah. I hope we get, you know, when, when funding returns, I hope that some of it comes down and looks, looks down at uh, companies in this part of the world. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, that's very cool. Well, great to catch up, Tim. We'll uh, we'll have to make sure it's not uh, not quite so long between drinks. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Next, next time around. Yeah, and less pandemics um, in between. Yeah, let's yeah. Uh, let, let's cut back on those. Hey, eh? okay. that's a deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks everyone for listening in, and we'll look forward to catching you again next week. Thank you, of course, to again to our show partners, Vodafone. Uh, Two Degrees, Spark, HP, Gorilla Technology, and Deal. And, of course, if you're catching the live stream, make sure you subscribe through your favourite podcast app uh, so you can catch each episode. And if you're listening to the uh, the audio, then you can catch the, the live videos um, most weeks. Um, follow me on, on LinkedIn is, is probably the easiest one. It tends to... Uh, alert well or whatever else you listen to sort of yeah, catch live video on if it's YouTube you need to hit the bell you can do something similar in Facebook and in, and in LinkedIn as, as well to get alerted to those live streams and also the live streams usually on Twitter so you know a few places where you can catch those Tim where's the best place for people to, to get in touch if they want to LinkedIn's yep. definitely the best place for us. Uh, I'm all over LinkedIn. I'm the guy in orange. Tim so. Warren, LinkedIn, yep. the year go. Absolutely. Thanks very much. All right. Thanks, everyone. Catch you next week. See ya. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.